Hawks ready. After 39 long years, the Cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Hello everyone, and this is episode 10 of Bruins Beat for CLNS Radio. It is the week of New Year's, and I hope everyone had a great and safe Christmas. Uh, obviously, the NHL does a great job and has Christmas break off, and it gives us a Christmas break, even though that, that hurts some of the topics for our show. But you know what, Jason? I'm happy that, that we're still able to do this, and we'll have a great show on tap here. We have a lot to discuss, a lot of Bruins-focused stuff to, to get into, but... I want to start with the announcement that Don Sweeney made last night in the first period of the Bruins game against Buffalo, where he said once the NHL roster freeze is over, which is on December, which is Monday, December 28th, when the freeze lifts, David Pashnik will be available for the Czech Republic in the World Junior Championships. And we, we'll get to the World Junior Championships a lot in a little bit, but what are your thoughts on Pashnik being made available by Don Sweeney? Well, I don't know how much you listened into it, but um, Don Sweeney really had no other choice. His pastor not cannot stay in the age, and he's only played two games, and he's not ready to come back. So he had no other choice. He had he has to send pastor not over there. So it's the right move because it's, it's a, technically it's his only move. Wait, you said he can't send him to Providence? Why? Why? Because of roster issues. Because pastor Pasternak has been in the NHL for too long right now to the point that he has to go back. He can't go back. He's played past his last lot of games. Oh, interesting. Interesting to say that. I, didn't, I did not know that, but I'm glad you told me that. But I still am not a big fan of David Pashnik going over to the World Junior Championships. Just because, and I get it, he needs, the, he needs the stamina. He needs some games. He needs to get his legs back underneath him. But just playing over there, to, in my personal opinion, that tournament's a great tournament. Like I said, we'll get to that tournament in a little bit. But some of the... The checks and some of the runs that people were taking in yesterday's World Junior Championships just makes me very nervous about Pashnik. William Nylander, who's on Team Sweden, one of the best players in the tournament. Toronto Maple, Toronto Maple Leaf, he was in the AHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto is looking for him to be one of their bright people and the bright players in the future. Goes out there, takes a headshot, might not might not play another game in the tournament. Another, the Sweden's second best player also took a headshot, looked a little concussed. So we don't know if he's gonna be able to play, and there's just a lot of there's just a lot of players going around that are just getting hurt over there, and people are taking runs at people. It was just very chippy, and I don't want Pashnik to have to fall into that category as well. Now you hope that he doesn't, but you have, but we have to understand, and you know as much as we hate it, we have to deal with it. Pashnik's not ready for the speed of the NHL, so by bringing him back to the NHL instead of sending him over there, it's an even bigger risk. I I don't think it's. A bigger risk because the NHL players, for the most part, do not hit to the head as much as people over there do because people over there are trying to make it to the NHL. They're trying to prove something. They're trying to do whatever they can to showcase themselves. And I feel like there's a lot more people. There's a lot more people players taking runs at other players in the World Juniors than there are in the NHL. So I think Pastic, who would have been able to play on the fourth line, get him, get him, get his feet back underneath him, and then move him up when he's ready. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how effective he is in the World Juniors. I mean, that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure, to be able to watch those games. Yeah. But I know I think you and I probably differ on that opinion. I actually think it's the best move for the moment. 
Yeah, it would be great to watch him over there, and I think he'll be one of the best players over there. But I just wish he would be able to stay over here. I don't want him to get hurt. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, like I said, trying to sh- make a name for themselves over there. And I feel like you can play him on the fourth line here. What does it matter if Tyler Randell is in the lineup or not? You don't need Tyler Randell. You just put him on the fourth line, but Randell's in the press box and, until Pashnik's ready to go, and then you make a decision. Then you make a decision. Then that is true. That makes a lot of sense there, and um, you know. You could put him on the fourth line, but I really just don't think that the Bruins are ready to do that. I think that they feel like Pasternak is fully healthy, and they want him to get back into that groove of playing in the, of playing hockey and get into the speed of the game. Yeah, definitely, and I'm, I obviously I'm excited to watch Pasternak play. It's been quite some time, and I think the Bruins are, re- are ready for Pasternak to be back to full health, and I'm ready for Pasternak to be back to full health. I hope he can come right back in and play in the top, the top six forwards and start putting in some goals. That's what I want to see. No, me too. I mean, I want to see him help this offense, especially with the loss of Tory Krug after last night. We're going to need the offense, and things are, going to, things are going to get very interesting. I mean, I still haven't figured out what's wrong with Tory Krug yet. Yes, exactly. As you just said, that was the next point we had. It was Tory Krug left last night's game in Buffalo, against Buffalo, excuse me, with an injury, and no one really knows what happened here. I did you did you see the play? I don't even know what play he got hurt on. It, all of a sudden, I just heard Jack and Brick say that Corey Krug went down the tunnel. He won't be back for tonight's game. And I noticed it when Zdeno Chara was on the power play for Tory Krug. And I said, "Where's Tory Krug?" And I just I didn't see the play. I don't know what happened there. Obviously, there was a lot of there wasn't a lot of chatter about it after the game last night. And I'm, this could be a very concerning injury for the Bruins. Yeah, no, it's going to be very concerning for sure. I think he did something to his groin because he was sprinting for an icing, and that's when the emotion that he needed to, he needed to be taken out. So I'm thinking it was something with his groin. Yeah, and groin injuries are obviously always tough to see because you don't know if it's a pull, you don't know if it's a stretch, you don't know if it's a strain. Groins can be a tough issue to deal with, tough leg injury, and also Troy Krug is one of the has been playing top four minutes for this Bruins team. He's been playing really well this year, and to see him go down with an injury right now, hopefully it's not long-term. Hopefully it's not too serious so we can get him right back because the Bruins got right back at it tonight against Ottawa. So obviously I, I, I would assume he's not playing. Obviously we won't know until later on, but this could be a tough blow for the Bruins. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very tough blow for the Bruins, and you know this might actually affect them. And this is where you saw because you saw it last night in the last 10 minutes of the game. You know They just imploded. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't have. We'll get to that later because I have a lot to say about that game. But um, if Corey Krug can't go, I would. I'm assuming that Joe Morrow would step right in because Claude Julian likes the the right hand shot, left hand shot defenseman. So I'm assuming that Joe Morrow will just jump right in. Obviously not play as well as Corey Krug, but hopefully Joe Morrow can come in tonight and play well if that's the case. No, that that is the case. It's going to be Joe Morrow from what I heard. It is going to be Joe Morrow from what you've heard. From what I've heard. Okay, so hopefully Joe Morrow can just step right in. When he when he stepped in last time when he was when he came back from injury against Edmonton, he played really well, had a few points. So excuse me, Vancouver. That was the game I was thinking of when Joe Morrow came back on the Western Western Canada trip. It was Vancouver that he played against, and he played well. So hopefully Joe Morrow can step right in and play well again because like we just talked about, missing Tory Cruz is going to be a tough blow. I think he'll step in. And I think he'll do relatively decent. I think that the Bruins still need to focus on lowering Chara's minutes. I don't think he can keep Chara on the ice for 27 minutes. Chara is not the same player. I made a comment about that yesterday, and I saw it in the power play, even on that first goal that was given up. Chara is not the same player. No, he's definitely. And yeah, and Adam McQuaid, a contract he signed over the summer, I was not very happy with. But you know what? Adam McQuaid has played 
solidly this year, and I, there's no complaints about Adam McQuaid so far. You're getting Adam McQuaid is what he is, and he's been playing fine. But Kevin Miller, as we talked about on this show, I think is horrible. I think he has he should not be playing on this Bruins team. And that brings me to my point of the Bruins need a defenseman and need a defenseman bad. And we need one now. Even though we're only two points at, or one point out of first place, we need one now because the Atlantic Division is tight. You go on a losing streak, you're pretty much screwed. Right, and I wanted to get into that Atlantic Division a little bit later on, which we will get into. But as we as we stated, the Bruins need a defenseman. And I, the Bruins, they need one. I, I, don't, I, I just don't know who's available right now because the NHL as a whole – is so tight right now, and there's no teams that are really doing that poorly. And obviously, there's a few teams with an exception that aren't doing that well. But are there are those teams willing to give you a defenseman? You know what I mean. So there's there's just a lot to look there's a lot to look forward to to the trade deadline. But the Bruins need a defenseman bad. And they like you just said, they need it like now. No, they need it now if they want to pull away from the division and really win this thing before Montreal gets Carey Price back. And Don Sweeney's really got to be shaking in his boots just wondering what kind of move he can make. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to look around the league here and see who's available. Like, you know, Columbus is not doing that well, so maybe someone from Columbus would be available. And Buffalo and Toronto are rebuilding, so I don't know if you're going to get anything from them. They probably want to keep all their guys right now. Uh, you have Edmonton, who just went on an absolute tear right now and is actually playing themselves into the playoff contention. So all the Western Conference teams are pretty much all jammed up too so I don't really see who you can have a trade partner with at the moment and that's scary because like you just said now Tory Krug's hurt Charis play dwindling it's gonna the Bruins need one and there's no one out there and there's no one in Providence that will be able to fill in on this team because they already have Joe Morrow and Zach Trotman being healthy scratches almost every night so I just I'm very worried the Bruins will not get a top four defenseman no, and I'm very worried about that as well. You know, what are the Bruins going to be able to do? Yes, we have a couple of young defensemen that are healthy scratches, but, you know, the Bruins need to, need to start thinking that. They should start experimenting with getting young defensemen in, giving Char a night off, giving Seidenberg a night off once in a while. The Bruins need to do that. They need to make moves. Yeah, they need to make moves, and they need to make moves quickly because, like you said, the defense is only a matter of time before Carey Price comes back. It's If you want a losing streak with the – like you said, it could, Bruins could be done, but I'm just very, I'm very happy with the way the Bruins have played thus far. And but the like you, excuse me, to be considered a real, real cup threat, in my opinion, the Bruins need a top four, maybe even a top two defenseman. Oh no, for sure. We definitely discussed this a lot last week about the names that you brought up, and they need to do something. They need to do it soon. And, you know, it's going to have to happen in January after the Winter Classic for sure. But it's going to be really interesting to see how the next two months play out. Yeah, it will be interesting because usually the next two months are a key to whether you're in the playoffs or in the playoff hunt or not in the playoff hunt. So maybe there will be a lot more teams that will be out of it by then. So we're we'll look, looking forward to that. And uh, I also want to touch on Brad Marchand here. I know we talked about Marchand for the past couple weeks, but... My co-host Jason did a nice article on Brad Marchand, and I want him to take the floor here and uh, discuss with the people what he said. You know, um, I paid attention to Brad Marchand and a lot of the point streaks, point streaks he's gone on, and I did a lot of research on it. Brad Marchand's got 26 points, and he's leading the team in goals, and he's keeping quiet. Like, a lot of these teams don't like him, and that's a good thing they don't, re- they don't like him, because I think personally, although David Krejci leads the team in points, I think Brad Marchand has been the best Bruins player all around this year so far. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, no arguments here. I think that he's been playing great. He's been not taking stupid penalties, even though sometimes he'll he'll go over the over the edge a little bit, but he's not going too far over the edge. He's being that rat player that no one likes. They got under the people's skins. He's being a leader. He's been calling people out. I think Brad Marsh. This is best. Brad Marsh. Excuse me. This is Brad Marshan's best season all around. No, no, he's definitely earned his spot with the Bruins this season. And you're not going to hear too many people say, let's trade Marshan, because Marshan's name will not come up this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. And obviously, Marshan's been rumored in the past to be in discussions for trade, for trade, for a trade. And I don't think that will happen this year either with the way he's been playing, especially playing alongside Bergeron. Him and Bergeron have developed such great chemistry. Yeah, and they have, and that's what's made it very interesting about the chemistry that they've developed. And, you know, that's why that line plays so well together, even though they struggled a little bit last night. Yeah, they, they'll obviously have their struggles a little bit, but Marchand and Bergeron will be fine. They're two of the best players in the Bruins. They'll be right back in there tonight, and they'll probably be scoring some goals and making making stuff happen tonight. And um, so I want to get into the game breakdowns from last week. There were three games to break down. Uh, the first one was against New Jersey, and against New Jersey – I thought the Bruins played really well. I thought Corey Schneider, the New Jersey Devils goaltender, played extremely well and kept the Devils in the game for the majority, for the most part, and kept them all the way into a shootout in a 1-1 game because, man, the Bruins had some great scoring opportunities, but Corey Schneider was up to the task. No, Corey Schneider kept the Devils in that game. If it wasn't for Corey Schneider, the Devils wouldn't have had wouldn't have had a shot. No way. Corey Schneider played out of his mind good. The Bruins were all over the Devils, and they just couldn't find a way to get it past Corey Schneider, and that's going to happen. A goalie's going to stand on his head, and that's exactly what Corey Schneider did. No, it is. And, you know, it was very impressive, and it was very fun to watch, even though I didn't get to watch the entire thing. The parts that I did see, the ending was incredible. You know, three on three overtime was incredible. The fact that Corey Schneider stoned. Did the Bruins even have a power play that game? Yes, they have one in overtime, too. Yes, and, they, and he stopped them then, too. Yes, they did. So it was a Blues game that didn't have the power play. My bad. That's okay. Um, you're doing your research. You just got the games mixed up. But yeah, the Bruins, I thought the Bruins played really well. And there's nothing you can do about it when you face a hot goaltender. You just got to find a way to battle through it. But I thought what was interesting was Ryan Spooner being told to go first in the shootout, and Claude Julien giving him a little bit of encouragement there, telling him that just, just play to your strengths. He's, you know, just gave him a little bit of encouragement, gave him a little pat on the back, and Spooner goes out there and buries the shootout goal, and he was the only one to score during the shootout. No, you know, Spooner's goal was outstanding, and then uh, we had Gus in that night, right? Yes, Gus in did play. Yeah, and he, put, and he stopped a lot of good shots. Yes, especially in overtime, and it was a 2 on one he made a great save on Back door. I forget who was on, but Gustin played well also. But the Bruins, the, this game would have easily been four or five one if it wasn't for Corey Snyder, though. The Bruins played really well, and I'm glad the Bruins got the extra point in the shootout because they deserved it. And if they lost in the shootout, it would have been so disappointing because the Bruins deserved two points that game. No, it would have been very disappointing, and it would have been different. It would have shown a different showing on the standings for sure, and that would have been frustrating to see. Yeah, it would have been really frustrating to see because, like I said, the Bruins deserved that game, but. The next game I want to get to right here is the St. Louis game, the last game before the Christmas holiday. And this was a game I thought was going to be difficult for the Bruins because St. Louis is a very good team. And the Bruins were riding high. The Bruins were winning. They, they were winning so many games, getting points in so many games. And I said to you last week that I think the Bruins were going to lose this game. 
And you were right originally. Yes. <laughs> and then, so the, the Bruins and Blues, obviously, they both play similar style hockey. They work hard. They battle. They gr- try and grind out victories. They have good defense. They have good goalie. And that's exactly what you what you saw on on Tuesday night before the Christmas break was a defensive showcase of both teams playing really solid defensively until the Bruins let Tarasenko go all alone on a breakaway. And I'll never understand that because Tarasenko was the most skilled player on the ice, the most skilled Blues player. He's the last player that you want to give a breakaway to. But I so I'm not going to hammer them for this loss, but I, I kind of. I kind of figured this was going to be a tough game because St. Louis is one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So I thought the Bruins, I mean, the Bruins didn't find a way to score a goal. That's, I mean, you can, that's kind of disappointing, but the Bruins are, have been scoring goals at a, a, a very high rate this year. So I'm not going to hammer them too much for this loss. It was their second loss in the past, like, what, 16 games or so. So I'm really not disappointed in this loss. It was a hard-fought game, and the Bruins just couldn't find a way to get it done. Now you know it was a hard. It was a hard-fought game, and the Bruins needed to lose a game, and this was a game to lose. But we're going to Buffalo, and Buffalo was a more surprising game. This game was. This game was horrible, 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 horrible. This is the worst loss of the year right now for the Bruins. Yep, worst this, loss this, of the year. This so loss, this loss exposed a lot about the Boston Bruins. It, it, it exposed the team. And this is just this just this stuff just can't happen. You're. You're on home ice. You're playing Buffalo. Buffalo's not that good. And I'm sorry. I know they're rebuilding. They have some skilled players in Eichel and O'Reilly. But Buffalo's not that good. And you go, you take a 3-1 lead on David Krejci's goal in the third period. In the third period, you're up 3-2-1. This is Claude Julien's specialty. When you go up two goals in the third period, you just play solid defensive hockey. And there were so many meltdowns. This was unbelievable. The Sabres tied it up in 46 seconds or something like that. They tied it up in under a minute. They scored two goals in a minute, under a minute. It was, thir- it was 36 seconds. 36 seconds, sorry. That, that you for correct me. 30, it took them 36 seconds to tie the game. What What the hell Jack, is that? What are you? Jack Eichel had his way. Yeah, and I get it. Jack Eichel's a really good talent, really talented player. But come on, you're up 3-1. The Bruins should have been able to close out that game easily. And then Buff- Buffalo scores five unanswered goals to beat you 6-3. And I know granted two of them were empty net goals, but still. They scored f- five unanswered? Buffalo in the third period. That should no, not the happen. Bruins, the Bruins defense just imploded, and they started, you know what, that, that one goal that Buffalo scored, get back in it, ended it for them. When they should have played a lot harder. Exactly. You, it's 3-2 to two there. Okay, whatever. Buffalo scored a goal to make it 3-2. Whatever. Not a big deal. You're still winning. What what happened was absolutely atrocious. And then when Buffalo tied it up, I go, okay, well, maybe hopefully they'll get this game to, to overtime, at least get a point here, even though they blew the lead. But no, Buffalo scores. Buffalo scores with like four minutes left to take the lead. And I'm sitting there going, this is horrible. You're up three goals. You're up three to one in third period, and Buffalo scores three unanswered. Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo. Buffalo's yeah, team. Yeah, well, look at Jack Eichel can shoot from the puck from 100 feet away. Yeah, he's... Yeah, that was that was impressive, but but still, I'm very disappointed in this loss, and also, I'm very disappointed in Claude Julian, because you had a Christmas break, you come back and you play Buffalo, and look, I know you're playing Ottawa t- tonight or tomorrow, and this thinking, why isn't Tukarask playing? 
Tuka Rash should have been playing last night. There's no reason that Gustafson should have been playing. And I'm not blaming a loss on Gustafson. I'm not. So I don't want people to say that I'm blaming on Gustafson. I'm not. But Tuka Rask is the goal you, you pay. We've talked about this numerous times, how Tuka Rask has been turning a corner and been playing well lately. Why isn't Tuka Rask playing last night? You just had, like, five days off. There's no excuse for that, Claude. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. You tried to get by that game last night easily because you were playing Buffalo, and it came back to bite you. So you want to hear something totally crazy? What's that? I'm going to actually agree with you. He should have been in there. He should have been in there. He should have been. You should. You worry about the game. You worry about one game before you worry about the second game. Gustin should be playing tonight. You put Buffalo away. You beat Buffalo, and you don't. You worry about Ottawa when you, Ottawa comes. Claude Julien, you, put, you looked ahead. You can't look ahead in the NHL. You put Raskin tonight. Play Gustin the next night. Play Rask before the Winter Classic. But no, you can get a couple of days off. I think, yeah. But you just had four days off. You just had a Christmas whole Christmas break. Why isn't Tuka Rask have been fine to play? It's, it was Claude Julian's mistake. His Rask would have played. Rask has been playing great. It was Claude no. Julian's mistake. Like I said, he giving was, up that one, giving up that one goal against St. Louis, coming off of that loss, Rask should have been playing. He should have been playing. There's no excuse for that. No, none at all. And I'm very upset with Claude Julian for that. And Claude Julian has been. Coaching this team very well this year, but that's one mistake that he made that I think he wishes he had back because the not play Rask last night was a real big mistake, and the Bruins could have had two points. And then you worry about Ottawa this morning when you wake up. You don't worry about Ottawa a couple days in advance because that's definitely you what You know they're going to lose tonight, right? You think they're going to lose tonight? They're going to lose tonight. You already calling it? Yep. Interesting. I'll get you. I'll give you my prediction a little bit later on, but... I'm just, I'll, explain, I'll explain why later, but they're going to lose tonight. But I'm just very disappointed in Claude Julian there. The Bruins had no fight in the third period. It was once Buffalo took the lead, Buffalo just stepped on their throats and just kept going. And there was no push. They're up to this day, in my opinion. Carey Price is coming back soon. Yep, Carey Price should be coming back after the Classic. I think we were discussing that earlier. Him and Gallagher should be coming back real soon. Yes. So, Montreal looking ahead because Montreal can't wait for these two players to come back. And the Bruins had some games in hand, but they, if they keep losing to teams like Buffalo, it's not going to matter. No, it's not going to matter. That's what makes it all frustrating. Very frustrating. That was the easy two points the Bruins had. And then there was a tie game. You think, okay, the Bruins at least get one point, and they didn't even do that either. That's very frustrating as a Bruins fan because you played the Sabres. You didn't play a good team. Like St. Louis, you like, St. Louis, me and you said, okay, St. Louis is one of the best teams in the Western Conference. If you lose that game, it's not a big deal. So now look at it this way. Go ahead. Say it again, Mike. You're cutting out a little bit. I was saying, go ahead. Say what you got to say. Yeah, all right. Um, You know, with the uh, battle for first, that game against St. Louis, in any any Western Conference team, it's a hard team to play. So if you're going to lose to a Western Conference team, I'm not going to really make, it, make a big deal out of it. Look at the fact that the Anaheim Ducks are, Ducks are sitting like last place in the East, in the, uh, in the West. And look at that team that was formerly in the Cup not long ago. Yeah, and the Atlantic Division is very tight now. And, Jason, I don't know if you know this, but do you know who is not in first place anymore? Uh, Montreal, uh, Montreal. Montreal is not in first place anymore. Detroit just passed them last night because they beat Nashville. And they're tied with points. They both have 43. 
but Detroit's played two less games than Montreal. And the Bruins are right there with 42 points. The Florida Panthers are right there with 42 points. Also, Ottawa has 40, and Tampa Bay has 39. So, as we talked about, one, two, three, four, five, six teams all right there battling for first place, battling for playoff seating. This is going to be a fight to the finish here. I don't think anyone's going anywhere in this division, to be honest. It's going to be a battle. All eight, all eight teams are within, literally, like, except for the Capitals, are within three points. Yeah, and I'm just talking strictly about the Bruins division itself alone. I'm not talking about Washington. And that one's within two points, two or three points. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm not talking about Washington or the Rangers or anything like that. I'm just talking about just the Bruins division with Detroit, Montreal, Florida, Ottawa, and Tampa Bay. And the Bruins, obviously. Everyone's all right there. It's going to be a battle. And it starts this week when the Bruins play Ottawa twice and Montreal. And the Bruins, these are the games the Bruins need to, need to get some points out of because every point matters, like I said. Every everyone in this division is four points back is four points away from each other. And so let's make this prediction. I'm gonna say it now the team with the best division record wins the division. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely gonna be whoever can because you wanna be able to beat up on your division. And if you can beat up on your division, that goes a long way in winning hockey games. And the Bruins have been do- doing a good job of it, obviously except Montreal, even though the Bruins beat Montreal the last time. They've been beating Florida, they've been beating Detroit. They beat Tampa Bay the last time they played Tampa Bay. So playing Ottawa twice here, back-to-back, is very – it's going to be – It's crucial. Yes, that's what the word I was looking for. These next two games are crucial, especially going to January 1st. They are crucial. Absolutely it's crucial. The can find themselves out of playoff contention in the next two games. I don't think they'll be out of playoff contention, but with everyone, if, they, if, they, if everyone all bottled up like this, you need to be able to get some points and be able to get some wins out of here because you're playing your division right now in – it's going to be a battle for first place. It's going to be like this all season long. And Montreal is getting carried Price back, which is obviously great for them. But I don't think Montreal is as strong of a team as people think they are. And I think it's showing now because they lost Carey Price, and now look at them. I think Carey Price is the main reason that they are that good. And I know Carey Price is obviously a big factor, but I don't think Montreal is going to be coming – when Carey Price comes back, it's not going to come – and go on a rapid pace of winning games again. I just don't see it happening. I don't think Montreal scores enough goals. I don't think Montreal's defense is as good as people think it is. So besides Subban, I don't think Montreal has a very good defense. So it's going to be difficult for Montreal, I, I think, to, to win first place when everyone at the start of the year was like, holy smokes, no one's catching Montreal. Well, you know, Montreal started off strong. but They probably had an easier start, too. I'd have to really go back and tend to that research for next week for sure when we do our full Winter Classic preview, but... I think Montreal had an easier start to the schedule, too. Right. So, so like I said, it's going to be very very interesting and very fun to watch this division down the stretch. we got six teams all right in there, four points of each other. So, you know, keep an eye on this division because, and keep an eye on the Bruins because everyone's like, oh, the Bruins just went on a great winning streak. They're in the playoffs now. They're right behind Montreal for first place, but so are five other teams. So, everyone's got to check the standings as well. You can't just be – be looking at the Bruins because other teams are playing just as just as good as the Bruins are. No, and I agree with that completely. That's a true statement. You know, the Bruins have to play and they have to win. They don't have a choice. But I want to transition here to the World Junior Tournament. And for those of you that don't know, it's held every year, the day after Christmas, the twenty sixth, to about a little bit, a little January sixth ish. It's about ten days or so. And this this tournament is a U nineteen tournament where the everyone all the countries get together and try and win the gold medal obviously it's it's kind of like the mini olympics i would say 
with USA, Canada, Sweden, all all those players playing. And uh, USA just had a great victory over Canada yesterday, four to two. And I want I like this tournament a lot. And there's a lot of NHL players that future NHL players, excuse me, that play in this tournament. And I'm very excited to see some Bruins prospects, especially some that are on USA. One Forrest Bucker Carlson's on Sweden, and also the uh, players on the Czech Republic. And me and you, me and you discussed this the other, discussed this yesterday. The next game is USA and Sweden. There's a lot of Bruins prospects in these two games. You've got Anders Bjork, Forrest Bucker Carlson, Brandon Carlo, and Ryan Donato. And right now, I watched that USA Canada game yesterday in the third period. And you heard Brendan Carlo's name in lot. He was playing a lot last night. He was he was put their number one defenseman by far. Him and Zach Renski, who is from Mich- who's on the University of Michigan. And it was good to see Carlo out there. He's a big boy. He looked but he looked solid. He played really well defensively and he looked like a shutdown defenseman. He looks like he's gonna be Charles' future replacement. Which would be great. I think that's awesome because We've, t- we've been talking about the Bruins' prospects and how they fit into the Bruins' system and when can we see them. I think you'll see Brandon Carlo very soon. I thought he played extremely Brandon well. Brandon Carlo next year or two. He played Probably next year mid-season. He played a few games in the preseason with the Bruins. He's, I just think he looked really solid, and I'm very happy that the Bruins got him because that was a very he looked very good. And I know, I know we're talking about this with the Bruins' prospects, but if you have a minute to watch some of these games – and not even look at it from a Bruins fan's perspective. These games are great to watch. The skill of some of these players. And it's good to see some of the future NHL players on these teams. I can give you that perspective right now. That Team USA in the third period in that last five minutes dominated. They took it to Canada even being down a player because Jake Dabrinkat was thrown out early in the first period for a boarding call. No, it was a spearing. Spearing, that's what it was, spearing. Yes, yeah, so it, cla- it was a nice dive by that Canadian player. But Dabrinkat did stick him pretty good, but... Not bad enough to get thrown yes, out. Yes, he lost his head a little bit. I thought it should have been a two-minute penalty, but I guess the World Juniors have has different rules than the NHL and the, all the leagues that over here, so nothing you can do about it, but that was a great victory by Team USA. Team Canada, obviously, is still very good. Uh, the host, it's in Helsinki, Finland, so the best part about it is the games are usually 10 a.m., 1, p- 1 p.m., great time to watch. You don't have to stay up late to watch them over in, because they're in Finland, so... And for those of us who work like me on Monday morning, I'll be DVRing the games so I can watch it afterwards. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You just DVR them and watch them when you get home. It's great. It's great television. It's very entertaining. And nothing. there's nothing better than than college and junior players battling for their country. I think it's a great tournament. You're going to see it. Like the game, I'm, I'm already like literally going through the schedule right now and just going through the games that I want to watch this week. Yeah, and isn't it awesome just, being, just to know that you can come home and watch hockey? And not have to wait till 7 p.m. when the Bruins play. You have hockey on every day. It's great. Every every day from now to January 5th, pretty much. Yeah, it's great. It's unbelievable. And it's a, the players are very skilled. The players are they they compete hard, and I just love it. I love to watch the World Juniors. I'm very happy with this tournament, and I think the World Juniors does a great job. Like you're gonna see your usuals: the Canada, USA, Russia, Finland, Czech Republic, Sweden, and all those teams in the quarterfinals. That's an automatic. Yeah, definitely. And why wouldn't you want to watch that, right? Right. No, it's it's gonna be exciting. Like it's gonna be exciting to see who the top four teams are, who gets the semifinals, because I think it's really setting up for USA Canada final again. That would be awesome, but it also depends on where they fall in the brackets, obviously. So that would be very interesting. Although I wouldn't mind seeing USA versus Czech Republic personally. 
Yes, obviously you want to see that because if Pashnik was over there, that's who Pashnik will be playing for. We also have Jacob Zaboral over there and uh, the goalie Daniel Vladder. Oh, I heard th- I heard some things about Jacob Zaboral yesterday. He got thrown out of the game for a boarding call. Yes, he did get thrown out of the game. I saw the hit. I didn't think it was a boarding penalty. I don't think he should have gotten thrown out, but I think it would have been a two-minute penalty over here. But in the World Junior World Junior rules, if you hit someone and they hit their head, it's an automatic ejection no matter what so that's what happens Zaboro hit him but when he hit him he kind of slid into the boards it wasn't like Zaboro hit him his head into the boards but that's the IHF rules that's what the world juniors is so nothing you can do but I don't think he deserved to be to be thrown out no and I agree with that it wasn't a dirty hit I saw the hit too I saw the replay and it wasn't not dirty of a hit but it's good to see that Jacob Zaboro's and Darnie's getting experience because he'll be there for a couple years. Yeah, exactly. It's great to see him over there. And Forrest Barker Carlson had a great goal yesterday against Switzerland. And nice nice deeker on the goalie there. So all the Bruins prospects seem to be doing well over there. No, it sets up good for our young future. I mean, it's making it ex- exciting. I know we have a, we've gone a couple of weeks without talking about the major prospects. But, you know, seeing these players that are in the uh, under- the uh, World Juniors, these are the players that are more than likely going to find themselves in the NHL. Right, these are the players that you want to look for. And, like, I know not everyone is eligible to play. Like, Matt Grizzlick's not eligible to play because he's too old. And you have some players in Providence that can't play in this because they're they're too old. But th- these are the young, the younger, the younger side players that the Bruins have on there. Excuse me. No, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> yes, they're, the, they're on the younger side. But you know what? Why not watch them and get a feel for what they can do when they can help this team out? Who's going to be a player, and who do you think's not that good? Who like, but obviously, I don't think I think every player in this tournament is good because that's the reason they're there. Like, how about that Team USA goalie whose name I can't pronounce? Yeah, he he looked great. He looked phenomenal. There's another goalie coming out of, coming out of USA that looks good. I mean, I remember when John Gibson was playing goaltender when they won that championship. Yeah, and he looked great. And I can't remember his name either. But even if I did remember his name, I don't think I would be able. Be able to pronounce I don't it. think I'd be able to pronounce it. I'll have to. I'll leave that. To, I'll leave that to the to the to the uh, the broadcasters calling the game, and then I'll try I'll try and pick up on it for next week's show when we touch on the World Juniors a little bit. But I'm very excited with this tournament. USA plays again tomorrow against Sweden. Great game there, and then so this is quite a surprise for Team USA because their first two games, Canada and Sweden, have been the toughest, which usually is not the case. Usually they play Canada later on in the year. Yeah, usually they do, but, you know, it was good to see that first USA-Canada matchup right off the yeah. bat because it gives you something to look forward to later on. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, looking to watching Finland play as well. You know, you're not hearing too many of the Bruins players on there, but they still have a good team. Yeah, Finland's always a solid team. They they have uh, Puljarvi, or I don't know how to pronounce his name either, but he's supposed to be one of the top five, top ten pick on from Team Finland in the draft next year, so... There's a lot of good players in this draft, and the Bruins have the San Jose's first-round pick, so hopefully San Jose can keep losing, and the Bruins can get one of these top players over there. Oh, and I agree completely, and hopefully the, the Bruins just keep on playing well, and they can eventually build this team to get to the playoffs and go far. But right now, uh, the last two games, especially last night, it's just frustrating to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Brennan Gallagher has been... For Bob, we said Gallagher will, will be coming back for the munch. It looks like Gallagher will win a classic, and obviously that's a big boost for Montreal because Gallagher's been out with a 
hand injury or a finger injury for the past and back obviously helps me. No, you know, Gallagher has been out. He's been he's been out for a while and you know, I said that last week. Gallagher is one of the major reasons why Montreal is struggling. Yes, I think so too. Gallagher's a great player. I think he's like Marshan, where he's a ratty. Very hateable player, but if he's on your team, you love. No, he is a very, he is a very good player for sure, and you know, you just want these players to be back to full health. But I hope he's not back for the classic because that will just add another dimension to the game. I think he's going to be back for the classic. He's been seeing. It looks like it's going to happen. That's my personal opinion. He's practicing. It looks like. Yeah, I know it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. I agree. But so anyway, so uh, okay, the other all the will be back at TD Garden on. You're in and out again. Can you hear me? Barely, you're scratchy. Can you hear me? Uh, a little bit, not much. Try again. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good now. There you go. All right, so I want to look ahead here to the Bruins' upcoming games. They have a home and home with Ottawa. They have they will be in Ottawa Sunday. Night. They will be home Tuesday night at TD Garden against Ottawa. Nice home and home, as they just recently had with Pittsburgh. And as we said, these are both these two games are very important for the Bruins. That leads up to the Winter Classic. But I want to look at the Ottawa games right now before we get into the Classic. Ottawa's been playing really well. They score a lot of goals. They're a very young, skilled team. They are right there with the Bruins, so I'm battling for first place. And this is a very, these two games are very going to be very. They're going to be very interesting. And I called it earlier. I said Ottawa's going to lose, and they're going to lose because Boston has to travel today. And after last night's game, they're, gonna, they're not going to start off strong. There's no way that the Bruins are going to start off strong. I think the Bruins are going to pull it out tonight, to be honest. I think two grass are going to. Is going to have a good game tonight. I think he's going to hold off Ottawa, and I think the Bruins are going to get a W. You think Tuka could be the difference maker? I, the way he's been playing, I don't see why he can't be. He's been playing really well lately. I think he can try and short, shut the door, hold Ottawa, limit Ottawa to the to like one or two goals, and I think the Bruins will be able to find, the Bruins will be able to, to score some goals against Ottawa. I don't think Ottawa has the best defenseman in the league. Eric Carlson's the best defenseman, and obviously he's great on the offensive side and on the power play, but he's not a good defensive defenseman. And I don't think Ottawa has a lot of good defensive defensemen. I think the Bruins will be able to exploit that and score some goals. That's an interesting take. So I'm gonna, I would say Boston. They'll be um, Ottawa in the second game. But I'm going to call the loss today. Interesting. So I'm going to say that Bruins beat them, beat them both games. To be honest, and I, and I, I think the Bruins will be able to find a way to beat Ottawa. Ottawa is very skilled and very young up front, but I think the Bruins will be able to find a way to beat them. No, I like I said, it's gonna be very interesting. I hope they beat him, but I hope I hope I'm wrong. But I'm gonna because of the fact that I've been really good at predicting lately, minus the Blues game, I'm gonna call the loss. Yeah, and, and obviously I'm kind of being a homer here, predicting the Bruins to beat in both games, where realistically they might lose tonight, they might lose Tuesday, who knows? But I just I think the Bruins will definitely be able to win one of these two games against Ottawa. There's no reason the Bruins should go 0 and 2 against Ottawa. <laughs> should not happen. Right, and then uh, we got. The Winter Classic coming up on January 1st. Yes. The, what an event this is going to be. Obviously, 
Bruins, Canadians, Gillette Stadium outside. This game's going to be awesome. The Bruins finally beat Montreal the last time. Gallagher seems to be coming back. Carey Price seems to not be playing, will not be able to play. And I think this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a hard-fought game. And I think without Carey Price, the Bruins have a great advantage and opportunity here to, to win. The Bruins are at Gillette. They're playing outdoors. They won the last outdoor game. My prediction is that the Bruins are going to win hands down. Hands down? Well, no, no matter yep. what? I have faith, yes, hands down, no matter what. Wow, no matter what, huh? Even against Montreal? They're going to take this game look at this game like it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I, I'm just usually not so positive or, sh- or sure when it comes to to Montreal. I mean, the Bruins have had their troubles with Montreal even on home ice, so I think it's going to be a battle. I think the Bruins are going to win, but I'm not going to guarantee them winning like, and take it to my grave like you are, Jason. Hey, you know what? Gotta be brave. Gotta. Absolutely, you gotta be brave. So, but <clears throat> like I said, as reporters, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, we're usually wrong. When we get it right, we're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Just throwing, just throwing stuff against the wall up there and trying. Hopefully, hopefully you're right. So when you're right, it makes you look good. But when you're wrong, it's like whatever. It's hard to make predictions, anyways, right? Hey, you know, if you want to go into predictions, if you want to look into my past, I predicted the Boise State games when they upset Oklahoma in the past. So. There you go. I have a pretty good prediction thing. There you go. It seems to be doing working out well. Working out well for you over there, huh, Jason? Oh, over the years it has. You know, over the years people have looked at me and said, "Jason, you're crazy." Like the, when the Red Sox swept the Cardinals. Nope, they weren't going to do it. I called that one. So there you go. You got all the so, all the hot. I have a pretty I have a pretty good prediction streak when it comes to my past. Now I'm not always right. I can be wrong from time to time, but I'm the one that tends tends to go with the crazy picks and ends up getting lucky. Yeah, I hear you there. Um. So that's going to be the week ahead for the Bruins. Two against Ottawa, one against Montreal. I'm going to say the Bruins go 3-0. and Obviously, I seem like a homer here. But, oh, well, I picked them to lose against the Blues. So I do pick the Bruins two, to lose. So I'm going to go 2-1. They win my two against Montreal. Two to, Maybe more. Uh, so I, I want to – I know next next week's show is going to be mostly based around the Winter Classic and the event. We'll touch on the Ottawa games a little bit. But for the most part, it's going to be a strictly Winter Classic show. But I want to ask you before, because we won't be, we'll have to, we won't be able to do this next week, is I want your score prediction for the Bruins-Montreal outside door winner classic game. I'm going to go 4-2. Uh, 4-2. to, two. Four to two. That's your prediction? Yep. 4-2 Boston. 4-2 Boston. I am going to say 3-1 Boston, just like last time. I think it will be a tight game. Low scoring. I think it's going to be three to one, Boston with Tukarask leading the way. Yep, and then you know what? And we're, I'm gonna, I'm going to jump ahead a tiny bit into the week after. You got Washington coming up on that next game that they play. That's going to be. So talk about two big games back to back. Absolutely, Montreal and then Washington. Washington's obviously playing unbelievable right now, and they they probably have the the best overall team right now in the NHL. So. That's always fun. That's always a fun game to watch, especially against the Charo Ovechkin matchup. They've been battling over the years, especially when the Bruins played them in the playoffs. So that's always a fun matchup, and Washington's very skilled. Yeah, I'm not going to predict that one just yet. We'll save that for the next show. But, um, you know, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a great event. I'm going to the alumni game. I know you're going to the Winter Classic, when you just told me earlier this week. Yes, and it's going to be... That's great that we both are able to, to go down to George Stadium and check it out and see how it is, you know? Yeah, it's going to be a heck of an environment, even be able to be there just for the alumni game. And, you know, 
I'll get into this because this was big news over the course of the week, but Renee Raincourt not singing the national anthem for the Winter Classic. How do you feel about that? I'm not as upset as everyone else is. Like I, I understand that he sings all he sings mostly all the Bruins, um, national anthems, but the, it's not the Bruins' call. The Bruins don't. It's not a Bruins event. It's the NHL event. The NHL is running this. The NHL picks who they want to pick. So I'm not as, as up in arms as everyone else is about this. And he'll, he'll still be there. He's going to be there for the uh, alumni game. He'll probably be there at, at the Winter Classic anyways. So I'm not like I'm not too upset by it. No, it's the same here. You know, it's the NHL's choice. It is the NHL's event. But, you know, I'm sure the NHL would have... I'm sure the Boston fans would have preferred that the NHL honor Boston's traditions. But what can you do on that one? It's up to the NHL. The NHL wants to promote the voice. The NHL is about making money. It's about money in the end. Yeah, so I mean, I, I get it. I understand that why people want him, but I'm not as mad as everyone else is that he's not there. I'm, I'm not really that upset about it. I just like twisting the knife when it comes to people when it comes to that. Yeah, I hear you on that one. I don't like people are making this way big of a deal, like signing a petition to get him to, to sing there. It's, it's really not that big of a deal, people. You're, you, the national anthem takes what? Five a minute minutes? and a half. Two minutes at most. Like seriously. Seriously, that's not going to be a big factor in the game. You're going to the, if you're going to the game anyways, what does it matter if he's who's singing the national anthem? You know what I mean? All you do for the national anthem is you stand up, you put your hand over your heart, maybe you sing along, and then you sit down, and you don't even think about the national anthem again. Exactly. You know, I can understand it's honoring America and all of that, and believe me, I'm not going to even go any further into the politics of this because I know people will be up in arms. But look, I know how people think these days. So I'm going to I'm going to keep <laughs> twisting the knife here and just be like. Oh, when you go when you go to the game or when you watch the Winter Classic, do, do people ask you, "Oh, hey, how was the national anthem?" Or, "Hey, did anyone sing the na- who sung the national anthem?" No one asks that. No one says that. So, no. When you go to the, no, when you go to the Super Bowl, they just place bets on how long the person's gonna sing it. Yeah, like, kind of stop crying about Rennie Raincoat not being able to sing the national anthem at Winter Classic. Who cares? Seriously, get over yeah. it. Be- the game's more important. Exactly. You you go there for the no game. Offense Amer- no offense to America or anything like that. The game is important. No, yes. I'm not trying to downplay... I'm saying the person singing the national anthem shouldn't be a controversial topic. You go... Like, people don't ask you, who oh, who was the singer for the national anthem at the Winter Classic? No, people are going to say, did you see the game, the Winter Classic game? Oh, that was a great game, huh? Oh, yeah, that play was awesome. No one's going to say... Oh, well, it would have been better if Renee Raincourt sang the National Anthem. No one's going to say that. I can have one person say that. So the people that are up in arms are just up in arms because they want to make a big deal about something else. Rather than enjoy the event for what it is. And you can thank media yes, for exactly. that. Well, I'm, I'm glad me and you can agree on this. And, and, uh, and twist. Absolutely, glad me and you can agree on this and kind of uh, throw it in some people's faces that maybe are a little little hurt by this. So sorry about that if you hurt your feelings, but that's just, I don't think it's a big deal, him not singing. Hey, you know, I'm not afraid to hurt feelings. It's, it is what it is. We have our opinions. People are going to make a big deal about everything because that's what they do these days. Exactly. So it's going to be a fun week. But, but we'll, we'll keep it at that. I'm not getting into the political part of it. I might get myself in trouble. Yeah, exactly. So we won't do that, but it's going to be a great week. Three games coming up. Three very important division games coming up, but and for all your latest news, please go to clnsradio.com. Follow myself or Jason on Twitter, at MikeSetta22, at JasonBuckley91. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Bruins underscore Beat. Like us on Facebook. Give us some feedback, whatever you can do for, to uh, 
help us improve the show because the show is ultimately for you guys to listen to and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to give you guys a great show. So all feedback, all likes, all all follows are very much appreciated. Also, you know, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties on the show for those that are going to notice it because it will be noticeable even through the editing. Uh, we are going to be working on it for next week's show. Awesome, and uh, don't forget to get the CLNS radio app as well if you want to grab on if you want to get that and listen to us. Also, um, what was the other thing, Jason? I always forget the last one. Oh, the email. Yeah, we have a new email address. Go ahead and email us at bruinsbeat37 at gmail.com. We're hoping that the fans involved can get their opinions in. I know that I haven't really been promoting much over the last couple of weeks. I've been battling a four-week cold. However, I'm going to get back to really starting to promote this stuff over the uh, next few weeks. So, you know, take an eye and listen to it. I'm going to be really... I want to get the people to send emails and be able to read the emails on the show. So we look forward to that. Absolutely. So don't forget, clnsradio.com for all Bruins news. Follow us, like us, rate us, whatever you got to do. We'll be back next week and to talk about the Winter Classic, obviously. That will be mostly what we'll talk about next week. So we will talk to everyone next week. Go Bruins.